Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you doing? I pray that you're well. It's good to be with you. Um, I'm doing terrifically now. I after this, I just had a whopping cold. We had a um, run, do a couple of reruns, uh, programs. But I'm so happy, uh, and I don't think there's anything in the way now. Every day will be brand new. You know, uh, last Thursday it was, let's see, now it's Tuesday, last Thursday I began uh, to read a very, very excellent and important article by Cardinal Raymond Burke uh, that he gave at the Rome Life Forum. It was a live-streamed forum rather than uh, everyone going to Rome. It was live-streamed with just outstanding speakers and Cardinal Burke was, uh, I think, the first on their list. Um, and he gave a talk that I read only half of last Thursday. And rather than read the second half to you today, this almost a week has passed, um, I'll, I'll read it from the beginning. And um, I want to take your calls and your emails and your texts. So uh, we'll read half today and we'll finish it tomorrow. Um, but... The reason it's so important is that I've been um, saying that regarding uh, the difficulty that um, I don't want to say coronavirus has caused, but that uh, we have caused in the church uh, in response to coronavirus, uh, in response actually to unfounded fears, not that there should be no fear, but unfounded that communion on the tongue is um, is dangerous. In fact, it is healthier. It is less dangerous than communion in the hand. And yet um, many, if not most today, are yet denied communion on the tongue and many even on the hand. Uh, all kinds of awful situations, uh, communion in little baggies and from boxes and priests wearing uh, gloves has just just been an abomination. And again, it, I don't think it has to do with the coronavirus. Uh, it has, it, of course, it does, but it has more to do with the loss of faith and understanding of the Blessed Sacrament. And so, I've mentioned before that when so many people have been refused, that. Uh, I heard from Cardinal Burke, who is just about the top canonist um, in the church uh, and had been um, prefect of the apostolic signatura, that no human being, no bishop, no priest has the power to deny, uh, number one, to um, dispense uh, a Sunday Mass, I don't know a bishop in the country who has not issued that dispensation, yet Cardinal Burke said that's a divine law. We have no right. No bishop, no priest has a right to dispense uh, what is divine law, what is 
human law, yes. What is divine law? No. And that is divine law. Uh, and uh, again, it is it is the, ch- the law of the church that uh, no one, um, Cardinal Sarah has said this, um, Bishop Snyder, Cardinal Burke, um, really can deny rightfully communion on the tongue because that, again, is the norm of the church. Um, so I'm going to read this again, and uh, I probably won't get through more than half of it, and we'll, we'll finish it up tomorrow. Cardinal Burke said, we are living, and he wrote, he, uh, he wrote this, he read this in May, that was May 20th during the Rome Life Forum, and I, I believe that uh, Station of the Cross is, is going to put the link to the website. There it is. God bless you. Um, it's voiceofthefamily.com and then Fatima hyphen Heaven's Answer to a World in Crisis, and there's a hyphen before uh, in between each of those words. So it's voiceofthefamily.com forward slash Fatima heaven's answer to a world in crisis and voice of the family is um uh, a joint venture between um uh, uh life site news and um the society for the protection of unborn children in england uh and i know there's others in coordination with that um and so here we go let me just get it Okay, Cardinal Burke says this, We are living through most troubled and troubling times. A virus has been in some way unleashed, traveling to all parts of the world. It has caused and is causing many to suffer from the associated illness, COVID-19, to a greater or lesser degree. Many have died and are dying, and I'm just going to mention there that uh, it was an article in LifeSite News yesterday that many of you know Monsignor Charles Pope in Washington, D.C. He is uh, author of many articles uh, for the National Catholic Register and other publications, and he has come down with covid um, he was quite sick and was in the hospital a day or two, but uh, or I, I think a day. And he's out now, and he's he's doing um, quite a bit better, but he still needs to be quarantined, and he still has it, and uh, he could use our prayers, Monsignor Charles Pope. So I'll, this sentence says, It has caused and is causing many to suffer from the associated illness, COVID-19, to a greater or lesser degree. Many have died and are dying, either directly from the illness or from complications of which the illness is a part. In response to the spread of the contagion, many governments have imposed severe restrictions on the movement of their citizens, confining citizens to their homes and closing down the operation of all but essential services. The effect on the economy of families, local communities, and nations has been devastating. Yes, hold on one moment, please. Sorry. The origin of the virus remains yet unclear. Reports about its nature and course are conflicting. At present, there is a forceful debate debate about whether its course will now permit us to resume our daily activities or whether because of a threat of the resurgence of the contagion, which 
this was written in May, we're already seeing reports of a resurgence. We must continue to live confined to our homes. We receive reports from those who are retained to be experts and are clearly contradictory. There is also a legitimate fear of unscrupulous persons using the health crisis for political and economic ends. Um, A peculiar aspect of the resulting international health crisis, what is called a pandemic, is that the greater body of the healthy are placed under severe restrictions, even regarding their practice of the faith, on the assumption that infection with the virus often remains hidden until it suddenly manifests itself. In a certain way, each of us becomes a possible danger to others. In such a situation, natural human interaction is rendered severely limited. Among some, the situation has led to constant worry about possible infection and the nurture of an illusion that somehow we can create a perfectly sanitary environment in which we will not be threatened by any bacteria or virus or in which by prophylactic measures, including universally imposed vaccination, we will be protected with certainty against the coronavirus. There's more to say about that vaccination. Uh, uh, Not today, beloved, but more is coming out about that. And um, it's, it's very serious and quite dangerous. With regard to vaccination, it must be clear that it is never morally justified to develop a vaccine through the use of the cell lines of aborted fetuses. Let me read the sentence again. With regard to vaccination, it must be clear that it is never morally justified to develop a vaccine through the use of the cell lines of aborted fetuses. The thought of the introduction of such a vaccine into one's body is rightly abhorrent. Uh, And I'm going to interject here also that in the last two days it has been reported that both England and the UK have the bishops, the the head top bishops of the UK and and England have okayed um, uh, a vaccination using aborted cell lines. cell lines of aborted fetuses Uh, they've okayed it and they say in this situation it's permissible no it's not it's not moral Um, cardinal burke says at the same time it must be clear that vaccination itself cannot be imposed in a uh, totalitarian manner on citizens when the state takes on such a practice it violates the integrity of its citizens While the state can provide reasonable regulations for the safeguarding of health, it is not the ultimate provider of health. God is. Whatever the state proposes must respect God and his law. Not only is the state disrespecting that, but now bishops are disrespecting this. This this is just such a loss of faith. Um, There's our music, beloved. We'll be right back right after the break and continue with the article and we'll take your calls and your emails at the second break. God bless you.
The future of the family is grim. As Our Lady of Fatima said, the final battle will be for the family. It truly seems as though we're in the heat of this final battle and we need your help. Our mission at LifeSite News is to educate and activate readers with the information they need to defend life and the family and restore Christian culture. We are currently the most popular pro-life website on the internet with over 40 million unique users every year. And we've been experiencing an even bigger reach than ever this year. But we need your help to reach more of the 7.7 .7 billion people on earth if we are to truly succeed in changing the culture. Please consider donating to help our mission of promoting the culture of life and fearless defenders of the faith like Mother Miriam. Visit give.lifesite.news.com to give today. Thank you for your support. Prayer of Deliverance. Almighty God and Father, we beg Thee through the intercession and help of the Archangels, St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel, for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back to Mother Miriam Live, beloved. And we are right in the middle of an article that um, Cardinal Burke has written. Oh, dear. What did I do? I just... Hold on a minute. I almost lost the article. We've got it. We've got it. Um, again, it's a talk that Cardinal Burke, Cardinal Raymond Burke gave on May 20th at the Rome Live Forum concerning Our Lady of Fatima and the coronavirus. Um all right, um, let me continue where we left off. Um, Cardinal Burke says, There could be no question that life has become in many respects strange. There are those who have wanted to characterize the confinement at home as almost providential, that is, the occasion to make an extended spiritual retreat or to enhance family life. Certainly, we are called to accept whatever suffering comes into our lives, making it, with the help of God's grace, a source of blessing for ourselves and others. The fact, however, remains that the situation does not correspond to the way in which God has called us to live, and that, therefore, it constitutes a suffering. We cannot ignore the widespread negative effect of the situation in in, um, in depression and other mental illnesses, in the abuse of alcohol and drugs, and so forth. 
while we are called to offer our suffering to God in love of him and our neighbor, we certainly do not want to foster it as if it were a good in itself. It is also clear that individuals and groups with a particular agenda are using the profound suffering in what regards both the health and the economy of families, local communities, and nations to promote their agenda, whether it be the advance of a single world government, the promotion of environmental causes, and even radical changes in the practice of the Catholic faith. In the midst of the disorientation and confusion generated by the international health crisis, we must, above all, turn to right reason and to our faith in addressing the crisis for the good of all. Beloved, this is so crucial, so important. Cardinal Burke is right on. When is he not? He's right on. And as the... Um, the news and others are talking about a resurgence of the coronavirus in some places and keeps springing up in a different place each day. We need to to read this article and reread it and read it to our families. Cardinal Burke continues, from the beginning of the crisis, there has been a failure on the part of the church as one body to announce clearly the gospel and to insist on the exercise of her mission in accord with the gospel. Also, in times of international crisis, individual priests and bishops have been wise and courageous in finding the means to remain close to God's flock in their care, especially by bringing the sacraments to those who are ill and dying. But sadly, the general impression among the faithful is that their priests have been taken away from them or have abandoned them. The greater part of the faithful have been denied the sacraments now for weeks, and we're beyond weeks now. It is tragic to hear reports of faithful who ask for a priest to hear their confession and receive the response that the priests are forbidden to hear confessions, or who ask for Holy Communion and are told that the priests are forbidden to distribute Holy Communion outside of the Holy Mass. It is particularly tragic to hear the accounts of the faithful dying without the help of their priest or without any member of their family or friends present to assist them. And the accounts of lifelong faithful Catholics being buried without any funeral rites whatsoever. In some cases, these tragic circumstances have been dictated by the state, and in some cases, they have been dictated by the church beyond the demands of the regulations of the state or in conformity with regulations of the state, which are in violation of religious freedom. I'm going to reread that sentence. In some cases, these tragic circumstances have been dictated by the state and In some cases, and we've come across them, in some cases, they have been dictated by the church beyond the demands of the regulations of the state or in conformity with regulations of the state, which are in violation of religious freedom. See, no bishop should go along with that. The situation has rightly sustained an intense discussion on the relationship of the church and state 
in the absence of due respect for the church and for the religious freedom of her members, the state assumes the authority of God himself. Now, here we go. In the absence of due respect for the church and for the religious freedom of her members, the state assumes the authority of God himself, dictating to the church regarding the most sacred realities, like the holy sacrifice of the Mass and the sacraments uh, of penance. If we had any doubt regarding the loss of such respect, it was dispelled by incidents in which civil authorities attempted to prevent a priest offering the Holy Mass from completing the sacred action. It's on video. Came right into the church and stopped the Mass. Beloved, if we do not believe in the authority of God and the sacred realities of the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, how is the state to believe it? That was my sentence. I continue with Cardinal Burke. From the beginning, there has been a failure to make clear that among all of the necessities of life, the principal necessity is communion with God. Yes, we need what is required for our nourishment, health, and hygiene, but none of these essential needs can substitute for our most fundamental need, which is to know, love, and serve God. As I was taught long ago, says Cardinal Burke, among the first lessons in the catechism, God made man to know, love, and serve him in this life, and thereby to obtain life everlasting with him in heaven. In the face of an international health crisis, we must turn first to God, asking him to keep us safe from the contagion and from every other evil. Turning to God, we find the direction and strength to take whatever human measures are required to protect ourselves according to the demands of right reason and of the moral law. Otherwise, if we falsely think that the combat against the evil depends totally on us, we take measures which offend our human dignity and, above all, our right relationship with God. In that regard... The state should be attentive to the religious freedom of the citizens in order that the help of God may be sought at all times and in all things. To think otherwise is to make the state our God and to think that mere humans without the help of God can save us. Excuse me another moment. I'm still dry from the cold. If there was a lack of respect for our fundamental relationship with God at the beginning of the present international health crisis, there's a similar lack of respect in what is proposed. Once the crisis has passed, one hears repeatedly the mantra that our life will never again be the same and that we could never return to life as we lived it before. It has been suggested, for instance, that the ancient gesture of giving one's hand to another in friendship and trust must now be forever abandoned. Also, there is a certain movement to insist that now everyone must be vaccinated against the coronavirus COVID-19, and even that a kind of microchip needs to be placed 
under the skin of every person so that at any moment he or she can be controlled by the state regarding health and about other matters which we can only imagine. It has also been suggested, even by pastors of the church, that the present crisis should lead us to consider again whether Sunday Mass is essential to the Christian life or whether funeral rites are essential to the practice of our faith. I'm reading this again for the third time. I read it myself, then I read it to you, now I'm reading it to you again. It's absolute twilight zone. That's how far, um, we, how much, to what degree we have lost our faith as a people, including our bishops and priests, excuse me. It is true that the experience um, of coronavirus COVID-19 crisis has marked significantly our lives, but it must not assume the direction of our lives. Our Lord Jesus Christ remains the King of heaven and of earth. We remain created in God's image and likeness with the gifts of faith and reason. We remain sons and daughters of God, adopted in God the Son, which we can only by the all-wondrous work of his redemptive incarnation. We live in God. We receive God's life into our hearts and souls from the glorious, pierced heart of Jesus in order to do what is right and just and good for ourselves and for our world. We must return to a life lived in communion with God, using right reason and putting into practice the truths of our Catholic faith. Now listen, this is the paragraph that you need to mark and print out and cut out and show to your bishops and your priests. Hopefully it'll make a difference. With some I know it won't uh, because they've already said so. The Sunday Mass obligation, for instance, participates in natural and divine law, the third commandment of the Decalogue, which we are obliged to observe unless for reasons Excuse me, beloved. We are obliged to reserve to, let me read that again. The Sunday Mass obligation, for instance, participates in natural and divine law, the third commandment of the Decalogue, which we are obliged to observe unless for reasons beyond our control we are not able to do so. It's always been the case, beloved. During the present crisis, it has been said that bishops dispense the faithful, dispense the faithful from the Sunday, Sunday Mass obligation. But, listen now, no human has the power to dispense from divine law. If it has been impossible during the crisis for the faithful to assist at Holy Mass, then the obligation did not bind them, but the obligation remains. Beloved, it's always been the case. Uh, We are never dispensed from Sunday Mass, and yet sometimes someone is sick uh, and they cannot go, or they need to help someone in a a very serious uh, situation. There are reasons why we cannot attend Sunday Mass, but the Mass being dispensed 
uh, our obligation being dispensed is, is not one of them. No one has the power to do that. It is a divine law. There's the music for our second break, beloved. We'll come back and take your calls, your emails, your texts. Call in toll-free. Are you having a hard time keeping up with all that's going on these days in the Vatican? Did you know that LifeSite puts out a monthly print news magazine in beautiful full color? Our magazine, Faithful Insight, gives you all the most important coverage from Rome and lets you read it away from the computer, phone, or tablet. It summarizes dozens of new happenings down to the essentials, but provides full analysis on all the most important developments. Faithful Insight brings you the coverage of the Vatican that you know and expect from LifeSite in a different form. It has received high praise from cardinals, bishops, priests, and faithful who want to stay abreast of the most crucial battle in our time, the battle for the soul of the Church. Subscribe today at faithfulinsight.com and may God bless you. beloved this is mother miriam how would you like to wake up each morning to inspiring sermons from knowledgeable and faith-filled priests you can tune in to sermons for everyday living every day at 6 a.m eastern on the station of the cross you can listen on the station of the cross.com or anytime on the free iCatholic radio mobile app god bless you 30 Seconds on the Gifts of the Holy Spirit, brought to you by the Station of the Cross. The gift of counsel is the means by which we are led to make right decisions. Through this gift, we can better discern what to do in particular situations or what advice we should give when others ask for our opinion. These scenarios could include anything from how to speak to an employer about a troubling work environment to advising a family member struggling with a relationship situation. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back to Mother Miriam Live, beloved. We have a whole half hour to ourselves, and I'm going to continue the article with Cardinal, written by Cardinal Burke, uh, given by Cardinal Burke at the Rome Life Forum on May 20th. And again, um, the uh, uh, website for that article, the website address is up on the screen, and you're welcome. I, I would just simply suggest you go there, and if you're able to print it out, read it to your family. It's very important. Um especially with what's going on today and talk about a vaccination again that the bishops of UK and England have already approved using the cell lines of aborted fetuses. It's, it's, it's uh, horrific, it's sinful, it's immoral, and uh, the church will never allow that. When bishops allow it, they have lost their faith. But uh, that does not okay. We'll never make it okay for us to do that. Beloved, we need to know our faith and live it. So again, toll free, 
call in with anything on your heart, one 511 5483 or email at mother at the station of the cross.com. We have an email from somebody who writes in anonymously and says, Oh dear mother, a company email came out today about an hour ago. Now, again, I've been gone for a couple of days. I don't know uh, quite when this email came in. But but it's first up. Um, we take them in the order they come in. And um, this writer says um, the email offered a helpful, healthful guided meditation led by an employee who is a certified meditation leader. Well, there's no such thing as a certified meditation leader unless you're certified in a particular religion. So that's confusing. It, it would have to be a... a that certificate given by a certain religion. Um, if it goes on, it goes on to describe the process and ends the email with namaste, I think it is. Let me let me just see. I looked up the word. It's um, namasta. Namasta, it looks like. I might be pronouncing it wrong. Um, it's an Indian term, and it means I bow to you. It's a term of respect. You know, often when you meet Indian people, they they bow uh, respectfully, and I, I I always have thought that's a beautiful, beautiful custom. But um, in this case, I bow to you means I agree with you. It is intended to, I think it's used in yoga as well, it is intended to help us cope, she writes, with the lockdown. Everyone has been working from home since March, and it's getting old. I'm outraged. I have zero intentions of attending, of course. Um, However, I would like to make known my anger, and I would also like to ask that I be allowed to conduct a rosary hour once per week. I'm sure they will say no, and it's very likely likely I'm acting out of anger and frustration. Can you provide guidance? Am I being outraged for no reason? Should I ask to conduct a rosary hour? So, so angry. No, I wouldn't ask to conduct a rosary hour. If that's something you wanted to do, and you went to the administration and asked to do that on your own, um, there'd be nothing wrong with that, but not in retaliation. No, because that uh, it lowers the importance of our faith. Um, it makes it competitive and petty. I would not do that at all. Um, this employee came to the to the company to lead a meditation, and it could be yoga, it could be uh, one of the Eastern religions, um, but he or she was free to do that. And if the company agreed to it, um, there's nothing that I can see that's wrong with that. Um, because everybody, no one's required to go. It's just something that one employee has offered and anybody who wishes is free to go. Again, if uh, a Christian or Catholic Christian had, had gone and said, you know, people are really suffering, um, I'd love to order uh, offer a course or class in meditation or something once a week, and they agree with that, I would say bravo to the, con- the company. So um, I, I, there's nothing really wrong here. Nobody is, um, uh, nobody is made to, to attend. And you say, shouldn't we separate 
um, religion from church and state and religion. No, because we don't want Bible studies. Many people from work have Bible studies, have prayer groups. We don't want them abolished. So if we want the freedom of religion, this is the freedom of religion. And um, really, there's nothing to be outraged about unless it was a Christian company. That would be different. Then you'd have to show them their error. Now, maybe there's things in here, dear one, that you didn't put in. But um, uh, the fact an employee has offered to do this, I would say, from their perspective, is good. Um, Not because the meditation or the, the religion they're espousing is good, but they're being faithful to what they believe, and that's always good. Christians should do the same. We have a, a question um, from Julie uh, from Facebook. She said, we just got a new priest, and we can receive communion on the tongue only after Mass. He said that was the bishop's directive. Well, Julie, you haven't asked a question. It's just a statement here, and... Um, uh, at least the bishop has not uh, prohibited um, communion on the tongue. I've also gone to um, even a Latin mass where um, the the uh, lim- limitations have been imposed by the bishop and we who attended um, c- could receive communion uh, right after mass. And we were grateful for that. So... Um, I would I would not fight that right now. At least you can receive communion on the tongue. We have a text from uh, Miramon. That's a, a new name for me, Miramon. Dear Mother Miriam, my family lives in the city of Walnut, and to our best knowledge, there is no Catholic church within or around our deanery or diocese that allows communion on the tongue. Thus, we travel all the way to San Pedro, which is 44 miles away from us, to attend an SSPX Mass at the Mission Stella Maris Church, which gives the communion in the most reverent manner, and we are so happy to do it every week. Well, you can do it every week. If all of your parishes are refusing you, commune on the tongue. If every parish in your area is refusing that, they are wrong. Um, then, yes, you can go to those SSPX masses. However, if you're traveling all the way to San Pedro, um, take a look at St. Peter Chanel Catholic Church in Long Beach. Um, They are uh, Novus Ordo, very reverent, and I don't imagine they would refuse communion on the tongue if they do it's because they're under strict um uh, orders from their bishop which would be uh tragic but i I can't tell you the situation but i would look into that saint peter chanel in long beach um and you won't need to go to an ssps sspx mass but if there's no other way then yes you can do that um but again, you're going to um, uh, a, an association that's in schism with the church. So at any cost, you know, if you were going once in a while because you couldn't get to a mass, it would be one thing. But to go on a regular basis is another. And uh, I would caution you to not get involved in them, service or in any other way. But um, 
I would also speak to the priests of the churches where you live and um, uh, ask them if they will serve you communion on the tongue, even right after Mass. I I would do everything you can to see if you can um, uh, help that situation. We have an email from Jonathan, and Jonathan writes, Hello, Mother Miriam. I came across your show and looked forward and look forward to new episodes. I've been listening for a few months now, and I'm undertaking the RCIA with a nun from my local Catholic church. Oh, Jonathan, what wonderful news. He says, I only wish I had someone such as yourself to listen to advice in my younger years. I'm 38. Oh, God bless you, Jonathan. You know, dear one, um, the scriptures have not changed. The catechism has not changed. The faith once delivered to the saints have not changed. Beloved, I, I, I'm going to continue with Jonathan's email, but I want to caution you. As things evolve here in society and in the church, you must not depend upon others to teach you your faith, even when those others are bishops. You must know your faith well enough to know what bishop and what priest to put your trust in. Because if they lead you astray, you're not going to have an excuse when you don't stand before God in heaven. You will not have an excuse because we are adults. We can read, we can think, we can write. And um, unless we're severely handicapped, it's our responsibility to learn and study our faith. We're no longer children. Okay, Jonathan continues. I'm doing RCA at my local Catholic church with a wonderful nun, but because of COVID, it is difficult for me to attend Mass. I follow along at home, but after having attended my first Mass, YouTube is no longer satisfactory, which proves upsetting as I endeavor to put aside some time each day for God as I believe it's something I need to do and want to do in order to be mindful of God every day as well as retain what I learned from RCIA. Prior to this year, none of this was ever important to me, but now it is. Well, in your time alone with God every day, dearest Jonathan, thank God, thank him that it is important to you now, that it does mean so much to you now. And again, um, uh, now that masses are returning, uh, there are many people that are not able to receive communion on the tongue, uh, but um, uh, shamefully, but you're not receiving communion yet, And so uh, it would be difficult to know that there's not even a mass that you could go to uh, and and just be present at. Jonathan says, I'm unbaptized. I'm an unmarried father of three, no longer in relationship with their mother. They live with her, not me. That relationship ended due to my selfishness and other unfaithful behavior. My entire life has been a mess. And I've hurt many people. And now, upon reflection, these past months, it's something I can acknowledge, but don't know how to move forward with my life, or if I can, um, what I should do. Obviously, I must include God, but COVID just makes it all the more difficult. Um, I'll stop right there in your email and say, Jonathan, don't you dare let anything stop you from... um, from going to Mass and from continuing on with RCIA 
and becoming a child of God through baptism in the church. Don't you let anything stand in your way whatsoever. And I know you're learning from a wonderful nun. I don't know. Uh, obviously, uh, they're not. Their their masses are not open again because I I don't know of any churches that they don't have some masses during the week. Now, most of them have opened again. And so um, you should be able to go. Um, If not, Jonathan, uh, continue with that nun, that she's so wonderful, uh, and look for a Latin mass parish, because I I cannot imagine that they're going to be closed. In your area, look for a Latin mass parish. Uh, There's a little more to your email, dear Jonathan, and I'm going to continue it as soon as we come back from the break. Um, And in the interim, uh, I'll give out our toll-free number once more. Um, Call in anyone with anything on your heart. Toll-free 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back. Love learning more about the church, but confused or disheartened by the struggles we are facing today? Follow LifeSite News Catholic on Facebook, Twitter, or sign up for LifeSite Catholic emails and stay up to date on the constant stream of news about the Catholic Church. Our church is at a time of crisis, and we as laity have a responsibility and a duty to educate ourselves and stay true to the faith. LifeSite News Catholic is dedicated to keeping the laity informed and educated. To follow us, go to Facebook or Twitter and search LifeSite News Catholic. As Mother Miriam always says, we must live as if it were true. This is Wayne Hepler, founder of the St. Thomas More House of Prayer. If you are looking for a way to grow closer to our Lord, I invite you to visit our Catholic retreat center dedicated to praying and promoting the Liturgy of the Hours. The rustic setting provides a quiet atmosphere for prayer and for learning about the public communal prayer of the Catholic Church known as the Liturgy of the Hours. The seven canonical hours are prayed throughout the day, beginning with the Office of Readings at 5.30 a.m. and ending with night prayer at 8 p.m. You are welcome to join in the prayer at any time or to book the house for a retreat. We are located at 365 Hill City Road in Cranberry, Pennsylvania. For more information or to book a visit, email info at liturgyofthehours.org or call the retreat house at 814-676-1910. You can also learn more by visiting liturgyofthehours.org.
Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. Um, and we are right in the middle of a um, uh, an email from Jonathan. I know we have a couple of callers holding on. Let, let me just uh, continue uh, with this email quickly. Um, Jonathan says, um, prior to starting RCIA, I started to take an interest in Christianity and the Catholic faith as I had a cousin who was a practicing Catholic pass away last year from cancer. And one of the last things she asked of me was to believe... Oh, beloved, isn't that wonderful? You think, what can I do? I, I'm dying, and here's a here's a cousin of mine, and um, uh, and and he doesn't believe. He's living an awful life, and and her statement made an impact with him. And he said, of course, I shrugged it off at the time, but it did plant the seed that I was confused how happy and peaceful she was despite facing death at a young age. That was followed up this year by my father's cancer diagnosis. Um, I'm reading too fast. That was followed up this year with my father's cancer diagnosis and my own health problems flaring up yet again. I just want to give up. But now I know that suicide is a mortal sin. It's not something I'll consider despite being very depressed. Good for you, Jonathan. We never, ever, 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 ever give up. And the devil will never, ever, ever stop trying to make you give up. Jonathan writes, in the future, I'd like to meet someone special, get married, have a family again, and create a typical Catholic family for myself. Or do you think this would be a mistake given my past history? No, it would not be a mistake, Jonathan. Um, All in God's time, after you become Catholic, You need to grow and become a very strong Catholic man. That takes a few years uh, to really become Catholic after you become one and and become a real strong man of God and to be able to be a fit husband and father to your children. He says, my poor behavior in the past was prior to what happened this past year. I'm confused and unsure, not in a rush, but I'm not getting younger either, and there's no opportunity at all to repair the damage I did with my children's mother. So that relationship cannot be repaired. Jonathan, dear one, what is impossible with men is possible with God. You have three children with a woman who was not your wife. Um, And I would make it your first priority to begin to pray that if it's our Lord's will and Our Lady, who is a Jewish mother who likes to meddle in relationships, um, uh, first pray because God can do miracles and and the mother of those children can be converted and you can be reunite, united with your three children and yes, repair the damage that was done. This is not impossible. This is what God is about. This is what he glories in and receives glory from. Jonathan says, I'm very confused. I wonder if others my age are now part of a lost generation who were raised as I was in a liberal, godless society that is happy to assist you in indulging in sin. Uh, yes, 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 Jonathan. Sorry for the long and confusing email. I just felt compelled to email you as I listen to your shows as well as old shows. It's very comforting for me at this difficult time. Jonathan, sweetheart, don't give up. 
Don't ever, 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 ever give up. And you must know that the more determined you are to not give up, the more determined the devil will be to get you into the pit of depression and give up and say to you, forget it, there's no hope. If you hear those voices or you get those messages, you will know it's not of God. You will know it's of Satan. And all you do is give Satan our Lord's words, get thee be behind me, Satan, and don't worry. I would love you to find a good and holy priest, Jonathan. Um, you're the nun that's helping you. I praise God for that. But she could probably also introduce you to a very good and holy priest who will also meet with you and um, and give you guidance as well. That would really be wonderful. You could meet with both of them. Maybe it'll be the parish that the nun goes to. Maybe it'll be the... the uh, um, superior of her religious order. I don't know. But um, do something to see if you can get a hold of a very good and holy priest who can help you as well. All right. God bless you, my brother. We will be praying for you, Jonathan. We will pray for you here. And I ask everybody else to pray for Jonathan also. Um, we have a call from Kristen in Los Angeles. Hi, Kristen. Good morning, Mother. Can you hear me okay? Oh, I can hear you loud and clear. Okay, I just wanted to ask because I didn't quite hear it. That family, where were they traveling from? That was go. They were going forty-five minutes to San Pedro to an SSPX uh, church. Oh, I don't know if they said that. I'm going to see if I could find it. Uh, oh, um, Walnut City of Walnut, which is uh, north in California. Oh, okay. All right then. Um, first of all, I, I don't know how they discovered uh this little church there because it's it's so tiny and there are just so many um catholic churches in los angeles that receive on the tongue only and one of them would be uh in wilmington saints peter and paul Mm -hmm. everyone receives on the tongue kneeling at the altar rail for both the novus ordo and the Tridentine Mass. Beautiful. So they should look up St. Peter and Paul Church. In and then right there in San Pedro, you have Mary Starr. Now, you know, there are some bad people in that parish, and they've been, you know... No, don't talk about bad nasty. people. Don't talk about okay. bad people. Well, anyway, the pastor, what he has done to accommodate... No, don't, even, don't even do this. Don't even do this. We're going to leave it to the couple, to the family. Hopefully they're still listening to uh, look up saints peter and paul in in wilmington which isn't too far from long beach but go ahead i i i applaud that church so that's an, a very good church for them to go to that's very good and they can check yes, out mary you, star star of the sea if they wish you, you also mentioned saint peter chanel which is very good yes um but Mary Star, you can receive at the back of the line. You just go to the back of the line and receive okay. on the tongue. The pastor okay. is excellent. Good. All right, Kristen, bless you, my dear one. God bless you. I only censor negative things that don't have to be said over the air if they don't have to be. So God bless you, my dear one. Thanks for calling in. All right. We're going to take Joan. Joan is in Madison, New York. Hello, Joan. Hi, sister. How are you? I'm doing um, great. I, I'm sorry. I tuned in late today, and I understand you already spoke on the vaccine for the virus. 
But um, I was wondering, um, first of all, I haven't received communion in months because I can't receive on the tongue either. And I'm 85, so to go to a, there's another church, but to go on those highways to get there, I can't do that. And I really feel very strongly that the Lord doesn't want us to touch the Eucharist. Did you go um, and and talk to the pastor yourself personally? No, I didn't. I did try to receive on the tongue, and he said, no, no, Joan, yeah, on your Well, hands. that's fine. Well, go to him. Go to him, Joan. Say, I can't receive in the hand. I cannot do that with our Lord. Could you not give me communion on the tongue if I come up last, or if I come up to you after Mass? Could you not do that? Ask him. I will try that. All right, but sweetie. I also wondered, I understand you spoke on the uh, vaccine for the virus, but um, if it if it contains fetal tissue, no, absolutely well, not. We cannot take it. Oh no, you don't want to take that. No, but I mean, if there's no choice, I don't know from what they no, don't say, take it. Then I don't take even it. Even the bishops caved in in, in some areas. They, they did. I mentioned that earlier. They did cave in. Uh, if there's no choice, do not take the vaccine. That's the answer. Okay. If there's no choice. Now, it's always your decision. It's an immoral decision to take it uh, with aborted fetal cells. But uh, I will not. We will not. And um, uh, we should not do that. So everyone is going to have to make their choice if we're not given a choice. All right, sweetheart. I wonder if we don't take it, if it's going to be mandatory. It does. It probably will be. And we're going to be persecuted if we don't take it. I think we're heading that way, Joan. We have to be good soldiers of Christ who live for our faith. The only faith worth living for is the faith worth dying for. We'll speak with you all tomorrow.